Living Hope is a church striving to become a 21st century apostolic church. We are founded upon the belief that the Bible is the inspired, infallible Word of God. We believe in the Great Commission and are endeavoring to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with love, mercy, and truth. Listen in as we share the Word and that through Jesus Christ, hope is alive. In Jesus' name, amen. I would ask you today, if you would, turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Mark, chapter 4. Amen. Beginning at verse number 35. And again, thank you to everyone who is joining with us today. Thank you to this great praise team who has come today to help us. Uh, and the worship team, the musicians who have come. Amen. I know Wednesday when we had service, many of you, I went back and read the comments and the uh, gratefulness uh, that was expressed to this worship team for their willingness to come. And uh, in spite of the limitations we're facing, Amen. We're still having church here right now, just like we would on a regular Sunday. I know that, uh, that looking out, it looks a little bit different, but I know y'all are with me right now, and uh, we're just we're having church. I'm gonna. I plan to preach today. I told the uh, the music worship team earlier we're gonna have church like the ushers were setting out chairs right now. Amen. We're gonna have church like every chair in this building, every chair in this church is filled right now. That's the way I plan to preach. So, uh, Mark chapter four, beginning with verse number thirty-five. Amen. The Bible says that the same day when the even was come, Jesus said to his disciples, let us pass over unto the other side. Amen. Tell your neighbor, it's time to go to the other side. Amen. If there's three people in your home, turn to three people and tell them it's time to go to the other side. And when they had sent, when the disciples had done the task of sending away the multitude, they took Jesus, who was already in the ship, they went into the ship with him, and there were also with him other little ships. There arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that the ship was full. And Jesus was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. Hallelujah. Amen. I thank God today. Lord, we need you to speak those words today in our homes, in our hearts, in our nation. Oh, God, peace be still in the name of Jesus. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Mark chapter 5, verse 1, the first phrase, and they came to the other side. Amen. I want to preach for a few minutes today on this thought. There are two sides to every story. Amen. Two sides to every story. You can be seated at home. You can, whatever you want to do. I don't know what you're doing. You can do it though. In our text this morning, taken from the concluding verses of Mark chapter 4, we find one of the great stories of the Bible. Here, Jesus has concluded a long day of ministry. Chapter number 4 begins with the gathering of a multitude. The Bible says that this multitude is so great in number that Jesus has to enter into a ship, launches out a bit from the shoreline there where from that boat he would begin to teach the multitude who has spread themselves out and positioned themselves upon the shore. And all through the day, Jesus ministers to that multitude through parables. Once the multitude disperses, the Bible tells us that 
he continues to expound all of those things to his parables. He takes, uh, rather to his disciples, he takes the parables that he has been sharing and now he begins to expound on them, to go into the depths of the principles and the teachings that he has shared. So all day long they have been ministering. The disciples have been ministering. Jesus has been ministering. It's been a long day, a very full day, a day that has been rich with teaching, learning, instruction, and understanding. And verse 35 tells us that that same day, when the evening was come, he turns to his disciples and says, let us pass over onto the other side. Oh, how casual those words appear when you're standing on the shore on this side. When the certainty of this side is situated under our feet and the master says, let's go to the other side, it's very easy to respond and say, sure, Lord, if the other side is where you want me to go, then I'll get on board. I'll get on the boat with you. I'll go wherever it is that you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. Amen. Let's go to the other side. It's easy to say, let's go to the other side when you're standing on the security of this side. But what they didn't know, that the master did know, is that was between this side and the other side, there was going to come a storm, a storm that was so fierce and so intense that the Bible tells us that the disciples were certain that they were about to perish. In fact, the same situation told from the account of Matthew in his writing of the same circumstance tells us that the disciples came to where Jesus was and their words were, save us for we are perishing. They were convinced that they were in the midst of dying. They were convinced that there was no way they were ever going to get to the other side, but they were going to die on this side of the storm. Amen. If there has ever been a time when we as a people, as a nation, as a congregation could relate to the circumstances, if we could relate to the consternation and the concern of the disciples that were convinced that they were going to die in the storm, I believe that it would be today. In the midst of a storm of unprecedented proportion, a health crisis that doesn't just threaten one family, one individual, one congregation, one community, but a health crisis that is threatening the entire globe, a financial crisis that has in just over one week's time erased one of the strongest economies and now our economy is in rapid decline. Unemployment, or rather employment is uncertain. Wealth is unreliable. The future is unpredictable. The, the sterility and safety of my surroundings is unsure. And so we can relate with those disciples. We are without question and without doubt we are in the midst of a storm. Undoubtedly we are in the midst of a storm and an unfolding story that I believe the story we are living in right now will define our generation. Generations to come will speak of the time that coronavirus came. We will tell our children and grandchildren of the time that we did what we're doing today and we had church all over our community via Facebook live stream as long as the stream would keep up with us. We had church that way because it's an unfolding story. It's a storm that we're living through. It's a story that is being written even as we speak. Amen. It's a story that will define our generation. And I know that the story that presently is being written in our world is a terrifying story. 
I know the story that is being scripted on a daily and even hourly basis is both uncertain and unsure. The fear is tangible and the uncertainty is palpable. And yet, just as in Mark chapter 4, when the disciples were dismayed and distressed by their storm, amen, our storm, much like their storm, I've come to tell you today that our storm, just like theirs, is not taking Jesus by surprise. It is not taking the Master by surprise. Amen. It's not taking Jesus by surprise. And even as our story is being written, and even as the disciples in that ship, their story was being written, and our story is being written. But I've come today to tell you that there are two sides to every story. There are two sides to every story. There is this side, and there is the other side. There's what I'm going through now, and there's where I'm going to. There's what I'm facing right now, and where God is taking me. There are two sides to every story story and on this side all that the disciples could see were the wind and the waves on this side all the disciples could see is that we are perishing on this side all that they can see is that the waves are now inside the boat the boat is filling with water and oh by the way Jesus is asleep but I've come today to remind us that there are two sides to every story I know the idiom that I have used today, not idiot, any idiom, I-D-I-O-M, a statement of greater meaning. This idiom that I have used today, there are two sides to every story, is usually referring to the varying accounts of two people that are telling their account of the same story. And that if you're going to make a judgment in the case that is being pleaded, you need to hear both sides of the story. Before you judge, you need to hear because there's always two sides to every story. And we all know those two sides don't always match up. When two siblings get into a tussle, an argument, a fight, very rarely do they both tell the same account of the story. They're, they're never, in fact, telling the same story. It's always, well, she hit me first and she hit me for no reason. But then the other side of the story says, no, he hit me first. And then, then the story comes back, well, uh, she called me a name. But then the, the other side of the story comes and says, well, I did, I did that because they first called me a name. Why? Because there's always two sides to every story. But as relating to people, the story that is being written even in our world today, it's not just her side and his side. It's not just your side and their side. It's not just my side and your side. But as pertains to the story of life that we are going through, there are two sides to this story. But can I tell you today that this side, that there are two different sides of this story. It's this side and the other side. It's not my side and your side. It's this side and it's the other side. And this side will always look like defeat. This side will always look like a storm that I can't make it through. This side will always look like a past that I can't outrun. This side will always look like a failure that I can't outlive. This side will always look like an uncertain future that I can't figure out. But I came today to remind you that there are two sides to every story and while I look from this side at a storm that is bigger than me I've got to remind myself that there is the other side of the story 
I wish even in your living room right now, you would let faith move into your room. I know that coronavirus looks big. I know it looks insurmountable. And from this side, it looks like we'll never make it through. But let me remind you that there are two sides to every story. There is this side and there is the other side. Hallelujah. There are two sides to every story. And if we could finish the idiom, it goes on and says there are two sides to every story. And the truth usually lies somewhere in the middle. But I want to amend that idiom today to adjust it to the biblical truth. That is because the fact is that there aren't two sides to every story. Because there are many today who choose to remain on this side. There are many today even listening to this broadcast and joining with us in this service that you had a past in your failure, but you're still living on this side of your failure. You're still living on this side of your fault. You're still living on this side of your sin. You're still living on this side of your circumstance. You have chosen to be defined by your storm. You have made a decision not to rise above yesterday's failure. And so I would say not if there are not two sides to every story. But I would say it this way. There are two sides to every story when the truth is in the middle. When the truth is in the middle, there will always be two sides of the story. Can I tell you today that if Jesus Christ had not been on the boat that day, that if the I am, the almighty God, the one who looked at the crowd and said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. If Jesus had not been on that boat, there would not have been the other side. If Jesus had not been on the boat, they would have died on this side. But because the truth was in the middle they made it to the other side when the truth is in the middle there are always two sides to the story the storm when the truth is in the middle the storm that was brought to the life of the disciples was really was not meant for their destruction when Jesus is in the middle when the truth is in the middle The storm serves a purpose. And if you don't get anything else out of what I'm going to say today, here's what I've got to get through to you in the spirit realm. And that is that the storm serves a purpose. Whether it's a financial dilemma that you're facing or whether it's the fear of coronavirus, there is always a purpose in the storm when the truth is in the middle. The first purpose that the storm serves in our lives I wonder if anybody else noticed as I did that before the storm, they were fine with a sleeping Jesus. Before the storm comes, nobody cares that Jesus is sleeping. I don't need a speaking Jesus when there's no storm. I don't need a moving Jesus when there's no storm. I don't need an active Jesus in my life when there is no storm. The first purpose of the storm is it will cause you to wake Jesus up in your life. Amen. It will cause you to go find Jesus and say, Jesus, now I need you to speak. Jesus, now I need you to get out of the stern of the boat and I need you to move to the bow of the boat. I need you to not just be a passenger. I need you to be the captain of the boat. I need to wake Jesus up. There's a storm in my life, and I've got to wake Jesus up. 
I believe throughout our world right now, people are praying that a week ago weren't praying because that's the purpose of the storm. When the truth is in the middle, it will lead you to get a hold of Jesus and say, Jesus, I need you. Because the storm will lead you to wake Jesus up in your life. Living hope, it could be within the next few days and weeks that we are quarantined to our homes. It's happening. California, Illinois, Chicago. Uh, my friend Brother Huckabee in Kansas City said that starting, I believe it is Tuesday of this week, Kansas City where he lives is going on a mandatory four-week quarantine where they can't leave their house except to get groceries. Four weeks uh, I'm not certainly not trying to prophesy doom and gloom, but I'm just telling you, I don't know what's going to happen with the storm. The storm may indeed get darker. The storm may be here for a while. It may make some noise as it rumbles through. There may be some flashes of lightning as it settles in, but it's time for somebody to realize that the storm is here to get you to wake Jesus up. You've allowed Jesus to fall asleep in your life. You've come to a place in your walk with God that you're okay with the sleeping Jesus and the silent Jesus and the Jesus who's just a passenger as you go through life but today somebody's got to get a hold of Jesus and wake him up in your world Somebody raise your hands right now. I'm not satisfied with a sleeping Jesus. I'm not satisfied with a sleeping Jesus. I'm not satisfied with a silent Jesus. Lord, if I've ever needed you to speak, I need you to speak now. Living hope, if we've ever needed Jesus to speak, we need him to speak right now. I'm not okay with a sleeping Jesus. I need a moving Jesus. I need a reaching Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, there is a Jesus that is moving right now. In your living room right now, dad and mom, get one another by the hand. Your home doesn't need a sleeping Jesus. You don't need a family Bible positioned on your coffee table that you never open. You need a speaking Jesus. You need a living word. You need the power of God. You need a miracle working God. It's time for somebody to make up your mind. I'm going to get Jesus awake in my life. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I know we're all over the place right now but I feel the Holy Ghost even as I'm preaching to you come on somebody the storm didn't take the master by surprise if you get the truth in the middle of the storm if you put the truth in the middle of the storm I promise you there will be another side I know today it looks like coronavirus is king but there is a king of kings and his name is Jesus and if you get the truth in the middle of your storm there won't just be this side there will be the other other side hallelujah hallelujah the second purpose of the storm the bible tells us the storm brought them a greater revelation of jesus now these were disciples these were followers of jesus not a crowd that watched from a distance and they had watched jesus do some pretty incredible miracles already only here now in mark chapter 4 they've already watched him do some amazing miracles they've watched him turn water into wine. They witnessed him cast devils out of a man from Capernaum possessed of devils. They could testify of the time that they had been out fishing. All night long they caught nothing and then 
Jesus walks up and says, put your nets on the other side. Amen. All those nets that you already packed away and you gave up, go back out again and get the nets out and cast them on the other side. And they witnessed that, that as they obeyed Jesus, they pulled those nets in and they were so full that the nets began to break and the, the, the ship was filled with fish. They witnessed the power of Jesus. They had seen Jesus do many amazing things, but the storm took their admiration and their revelation of Jesus Christ to a different level and I, I pastor a great church I, I close my eyes now and I envision that I'm preaching to you I see your faces even here today but Sunday after Sunday I preach to some of you who Jesus has just become an average guy in your life he's just another dude that you hang out with from time to time you don't you're there there is no reverence for Jesus there's there is no admiration for Jesus amen there you need a greater revelation and the storm has come today to get you to realize this isn't just a man who makes better Kool-Aid for a wedding congregation. This is a man that the wind and the waves obey him. What manner of man? What man? I wish somebody today in the middle of your storm would understand that coronavirus must obey the voice of Jesus. Who is this? What manner of man is this that even the wind and the waves must obey him? When the truth is in the middle, there are two sides to every story. I know right now from this side, the storm looks overwhelming. But the truth is in the middle of it. And there are two sides to every story. When the truth is in the middle of it, there is this side... And there is the other side. Can I say it to you this way? Trouble won't last always. Can I say it to you this way? Weeping may endure for a night. That's where I'm at now. But there's another side. But joy comes in the morning. When the truth is in the middle of it, there are two sides to every story. Come on, somebody ought to celebrate today. This trouble's not going to last always. This trouble's not going to last always. Coronavirus ain't going to last always. Come on, somebody, we're going to make it through this. There is another side because Jesus is in the middle of it. There is another side to this storm because the truth is in the middle of it. You don't believe me? Ask Job. On this side, there was pain. On this side, there was loss. On this side, there was affliction. On this side, there was sorrow. On this side, his wife encouraged him, just curse God and die. On this side, his friends slandered and accused him. On this side, it looked like the trouble would never end and the pain would never cease. But when the truth is in the middle of it, there are two sides to every story. And Job chapter 42 verse 12 says, So the Lord blessed the latter end, the other side of Job, more than this side. The Lord blessed the other side of Job more than this side. Somebody ought to celebrate today because right now on this side, it looks like I'll never make it. But there are two sides to every story. If you don't believe me, ask Joseph. On this side,
died, he suffered brutality and abandonment by the hands of his brothers. On this side, he suffered the false accusation of Potiphar's wife. On this side, he suffered the unjust imprisonment and the neglect of the butler. On this side, it looked like the dreams that God had given him were over, like there was no way out. But the truth, when truth is in the middle, there are two sides to every story. And Genesis 41, 41 says, and Pharaoh turned to Joseph and said, I have set thee over all the land of Egypt. In other words, the other side is better than this side when Jesus is in the middle of it. You don't believe me? Ask Daniel. Daniel who prayed when the king had issued a declare, or rather a decree, that no man could make petition of God or man other than the king for 30 days or they would be cast into the lion's den. And Daniel prayed anyhow. And because of his righteousness and faithfulness, he was cast into the lion's den. This was a sentence of execution. Let me just say today that there might be those today that suppose that the storm we're at, we're in the middle of right now is some kind of judgment from God upon the church. But let me tell you, Daniel was not put in the lion's den because he wasn't a righteous man of God. In fact, just the opposite of that, he was put in the lion's den to reveal that he was a man of God. It wasn't a sentence. When Daniel was put in the lion's den on this side, it was not a sentence of chance, or perhaps he might make it. It wasn't a one-night sentence in the county jail. No, this was a sentence of execution. It was certainty that when we throw him into a den of hungry lions, lions will do what lions do, and they're going to destroy, tear Daniel limb from limb. But when the truth is in the middle, there are two sides to every story. And on the other side, the king issued a decree and said everybody in the land is going to worship Daniel's God. I've come today to tell somebody there are two sides to every story. And I know right now we're on this side. But don't you forget there is the other side. We're going to make it. We're going to make it. We're going to make it. You're going to make it. Your children are going to make it. Your family is going to make it. Your finances are going to make it. You're going to make it. There are two sides to every story. I know I'm this side, but there is the other side. Hallelujah. When the truth is in the middle. Anybody got Jesus in the middle right now? Come on, it's not time for Jesus to be some passenger on your boat. you got to get Jesus in the middle of it. Because when the truth is in the middle, there are two sides to every story. And I would remind you today before I conclude that the other side is always better than this side. I would guess that today there isn't one person in this room or viewing online that wouldn't wish that we couldn't just go back to the way things were two weeks ago before coronavirus was a word in our vocabulary, before toilet paper was sold out and those masks were sold out. and Not one of us wouldn't say, I, I, I wish we could just go back to the way it was two or three weeks ago because this side is more comfortable. But let me remind you, it's always better on the other side than it is on this side. And here is what our confidence must be fixed upon. Here it is. God did not call me to the storm. God did not call the disciples to go into a storm. Where did he call them? He called them to go to the other side. 
Amen. God did not call me to a storm. He called me to the other side. He never said to the disciples, hey, let's go sail into a storm. No. He said, let's cross over. Let's pass over. Amen. And let's go to the other side. The storm is just a temporary season. The storm is just something that I'm going to go through. But Jesus didn't call me to the storm. He called me to the other side. Amen. Yes, I'm going through it right now. But I'm just passing through. I'm just crossing over. Over. I'm going to the other side. Amen. Yep. Even when nobody here, I sweat still. The storm is just a temporary season that is going to reveal Jesus in my life. This storm, this storm is just reminding me that I need a speaking Jesus in my life. That I need a moving Jesus. It's time to stop. You know, we can look at other religions and we can chastise them for their traditions. But here in Pentecost, we have our own traditions. Jesus can become as much a figurehead in Pentecost as he is in any other religion. We don't need a figurehead Jesus. We need a moving Jesus. We need a speaking Jesus. We need a delivering Jesus. But he didn't call me to this storm. Living hope, he didn't call us to this storm. He didn't call your family this storm. He called us to the other side. He called us to a last day revival that he promised was coming. This storm is just what we're passing through on our way to the other side. So don't let something temporary become permanent. Don't let something that you're supposed to pass through become your dwelling place. This is not where we're going to remain. But let it revive your spirit. Let it drive you to wake Jesus up in your life. Let it give you a greater revelation of who Jesus is. I don't know how long. Closing, the musicians can come. I don't know how long this storm is going to last. I don't know how big it's going to get. If it stopped today, if today they had the announcement that coronavirus is gone, last case, no more contagious, it's over. Already the ramifications financially, economically are going to be great. I don't say that to scare you. I just say I don't know how big this storm is going to get. And I don't know how long it's going to last, but hear me today. It will pass. This storm will pass. Amen. We can take refuge in the first phrase of Mark chapter 5 when it just simply says very casually and very calmly and they came to the other side and there will be a day that we stand and we testify on a Wednesday night I remember back in 2020 when it looked like my world was falling apart but I came to the other side we'll bounce our baby grandchildren on our knees and we'll tell them oh back in 2020 we went through a tough time and it looked like everything was falling apart but oh we came to the other side I come to let somebody to know this will pass and we will come to the other side there are two sides to every story and this will pass I know that coronavirus is the storm everyone is talking about today but that's not the only storm that we're sailing through there are some of you today stuck on this side of the past you've decided you can't outrun there are people listening to me preach today you haven't been to church in years because you're stuck on this side of a failure that you surrendered your future to amen some of you are stuck on this side of materialism and worldly living and you have Jesus is asleep if he's even on your boat he's asleep I've come today to tell you 
that while we're sailing through that storm, if you're out there and you have grown comfortable in your life with a sleeping Jesus, I come today to tell you it's time to wake Jesus up. Today is the right day to repent of your sins. You don't have to join me at this altar. You can't physically. But right now in your living room, you can bow down on your knees. You can raise your hands toward You can raise your hands toward heaven and, and say, Jesus, forgive me. Lord, forgive me for allowing you to become a silent Jesus and a sleeping Jesus. Oh God, I need you today. I need you today. Lord, without you on my boat, I will perish. Today is the right day to obey the word of God and be baptized in Jesus' name. I promise you, you respond in those comments right now. You, you, you get a hold of this pastor, and I'll meet you here at this church today. We'll baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ. Today is the day to make fresh commitments. Today, right now, as you listen to me speak, and as this praise team begins to sing, I want us all, wherever we're at, to raise our hands. Come on, we need Jesus. Sometimes it is easy to start on your destination without knowing the exact path that it takes to get there. To get to our destination, we need to follow the one who knows our predestined path. Be sure to subscribe and watch us on Facebook Live every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also, visit us at www.livinghopemd.com. So I'm going to wait on you, Jesus. I'm going to wait on you, Jesus.